As always, before you listen, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, rate us, and stay tuned. Thank you again for tuning in to Research Show's podcast. Hello, everybody. This is your girl Dawn for Research Show's and this is season three, episode eight. We are talking with Joe, the author of Everyday Excellence. So how are you today? Dawn, it's a, always a beautiful day if you choose to make it be so. I love it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to jump right into this. I want you to please tell my audience about your book. Like, give me like a summary of what it's about and then go into like your book writing process. because This is a new book, right? Yes. This, so... Uh, everyday excellence is a multivitamin for life because we all have these various dimensions of our existence, of our being, whether it's our physical health, our mental health, our nutrition, our communication, our occupation, our relationships. So we've all got these different components of who we are and most people are missing elements of those. So it's like, you know, if you're missing some vitamin D or vitamin C, you can have negative effects on your body. So everyday excellence is a multivitamin for life. And that's a daily reader. Every single morning, you can go and get some wisdom of the ages with these quotes from various individuals ranging from Oprah Winfrey to Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee, uh, Yogi Berra, Jimi Hendrix, Dr. Seuss, Shakespeare, all these, you know, great minds of the past or leaders, then there's discussion around it to help bring out from the individual what they need for that day. So I'm not going to be telling people, you know, do this, do this to, you know, have a wonderful life. It's more of a discussion so that people can explore and understand what they need at that point. And then every single day there is an actual action item because, too many of the books that are out there are all theoretical. People read it and it's like, oh, that's nice, blah, 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 blah. But there's no translation to the real world. So mm-hmm. having these action items actually makes it so that people are doing things and that's how you change yourself and your environment. So I always talk about this. This is actually my favorite action item in the book is to smile at five people today. And that might seem like such a benign little thing, but when you unpack it, there is so much behind it. Because when you smile, and if we were on video, I'd be smiling at you and trying to get you to smile back at me. But when you smile, it actually decreases the cortisol in your system. Cortisol, that's the main stress hormone. So it leads to inflammation in the body. So you actually become slightly healthier. It also increases your dopamine. When that happens, you actually become slightly more intelligent and creative for the next three to 10 minutes. Wow. And the other thing is that when you smile at somebody else, what it does is it activates the mirror neurons in their neocortex. So I smile at you you smile, I have decreased your cortisol, increased your dopamine. I have given you momentarily a gift of health and better well-being and greater you know, intelligence and uh, ability to interact. So I have made your life better through th- something as simple as a smile. If I smile at five random people throughout the day, that then creates these little micro nodes that spread on out and help impact other individuals. So those little things like that, that can have tremendous long-range compounding effects. That's what excellence is built off of, is these micro decisions throughout your day 
to be able to make your day, week, month, year, and life ultimately better. I love that. And the action part of it, because that isn't standard. But where you have it where you have people on like a plan almost to where they're interacting with it, that kind of forces you or propels you, you know? Yeah. And I, I like one of the things I love is my I gave my father a copy of the book and I'll get a text at least once a week with a quote from my book or him telling me what he's doing with the action item. And it's like, that's really cool, actually. Yes, it is. Is it just the ebook or do you also have the paperback format too? There's paperback and actually the hardcover just came out last week. Oh, okay. Right. Because I know some people, they need to physically see it and that probably, you yep. know. Some people but, need to touch. Other people like to uh, read it on their computer screen or on their phone. Uh, mm -hmm. So we came out with the different formats so that people can get in the manner that makes most sense to them. We're working on getting an audio book out there too, because there's some people who are very audio, uh, audio learners. So we want to make sure that we have all the delivery methods out there so that nobody is without the opportunity to tap into this resource. Yes, that's excellent. And I, I'm glad you hit, hit on that point in regards to like a smile being contagious because I find that people who are nasty and evil, that will ruin your day as well. If you come across some mean person that's frowning and purposely, you know, want to destroy your day, that messes it up, you know. And, and so one of the things that I talk about at one point in the book, I don't remember where, but at some point is the dominoes for your day. Because you can either set up your dominoes in a positive manner where, you know, one thing leads to the next thing. So like you get up and you read for a little bit each morning, then you work out, um, then you do gratitudes or, you know, be nice to somebody. And so you can get this positive set of dominoes going, but you can also get those negative ones, like you said, from a nasty person. So how do you literally put your hand down and stop it from continuing to collapse? Right. And so having strategies for to prevent the negative are as important as the positive. Because not every day is going to be sunshine and roses and, you know, unicorns and leprechauns bringing you cupcakes and all that wonderful stuff. There's going to be some stormy days that absolutely suck. That's called life. So how do you minimize the impact from that? How do you go about things? So one of the examples that I use is... I do this with my autistic son is sometimes he gets up and he just is not in a good mood. It's going to be a horrible day. So we literally hit the reset button. I go reset button. I bring him back up into his room. We take his glasses off. He gets back into bed. I tuck him in nice and tight because a lot of autistic kids like having to be almost swaddled. Uh, it helps calm them down. So I do that. I turn out the light. I'm like, okay, see you in the morning. I walk on out. I come back a couple of minutes later and I wake him back up as if it was a brand new day. And I like that. I like roughly that. Roughly half the time he has literally reset and we have a good morning. Right. Right. It's like a psychology thing. If you could like kind of, you know, it's kind of like you're physically making it so it feels like a brand new day, like you're starting over. Exactly. So and we call it the reset button. So you can do this with big people to be able to like reset a meeting. You can say, all right, everybody out. We're going to you know, reset this meeting. You know, you can, one of the things that when you walk through a doorway, it is psychologically a transition, which is one of the reasons why you might forget why you came into a room, because it's literally a physical and mental barrier. So you walk back out, but you literally have everybody walk back out of the room and walk back in, sit in different seats. 
than they were and restart the meeting and you're going to get better results. Wow. That's a, that's great advice. So I, and, let, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I read that your book was the number one new book release. Is that true? Yes, and it was the Kindle number one new release in professional development, which was excellent. really cool. Excellent. And how does that feel? How does that feel to have the number one new book release? When I saw that, I'm like, <laughs> holy and, you know, dropped, <laughs> dropped a, an S-bomb there. But I mean, <laughs> it, it was completely unexpected because one of the things that Ryan Holiday and a bunch of the other authors who I follow talk about is focus on the work. I um, Like if you study archery, you can control everything up to the point where the arrow leaves the bow. Then it's the wind, it's the conditions, it's, you know, a bird could fly by and grab your arrow. There's all these things beyond your control, but you have done literally the best that you can. So same thing in this situation. I spent in, uh, invested a tremendous amount of time to write the best possible book that I could. I brought in uh, individuals to help edit it. I got advice from other individuals. I did the best that I could. Then when you release it, it's like, okay, what's going to happen with my baby? Right. How long did it take you to write it? So this book took me 40 years and okay. 40 seconds. <laughs> so the 40, and then it, it took six months after that. So the 40 okay. <laughs> years is, I'm a sponge for information in a lot of ways. I told my mom when I was 10 years old, I wanted to learn everything there was to know. And she told me, well, you better get cracking. So, you know, <laughs> my mom with her high standards. So uh, 40 years of just learning things, whether it was from martial arts or physics or music or uh, lessons in the fraternity or from business or all these different places. My dad always taught me to look for the pearl of wisdom in any situation, nice. whether it's a class a seminar that you attend, something you read. So I've strung together all these pearls. I've filled my brain with all this information. It's literally a super saturated solution. And then last year I was downstairs in the weight room. I was listening to some Black Sabbath and Jocko Willink, who well-known stoic, and I was throwing around a kettlebell. And all of a sudden I had this insight, you know, excellence is a habit. Habits mm -hmm. need to be practiced every day, everyday excellence. And all of a sudden I had a vision for what the format of the book would look like with the quote, the analysis slash discussion, and then an action item. I put down the kettlebell, came running upstairs, spent a couple minutes just brain dumping out the concepts, then went back down and finished my workout. But then came the first of the two marathons associated with of writing the book. And so I actually applied a lot of the concepts that James Clear talks about in habit stacking to make sure that I wrote every single day at least two days worth of the book. And I was able to, over the next thousand hours worth of work, uh, craft the book and then editing it and all that is the second part of the marathon. Excellent. Okay. And then um, you were, it was something you were saying is uh, you, you, you're more of a coach. Can you give us a little details about that in regards to your coaching and your experience and what kind of led you into that? So my mom was a nun left the nunnery and had six kids. That's an entirely separate story. But she was also a college instructor. So education's always been very important to us. And my mom was a fan of the quote from Mark Twain, never let school interfere with your education. 
So we were always encouraged to have like a bug jug and go on out and study. We had the encyclopedias in the house. You know, I did science experiments. You know, my mom promised me a chemistry set when I took chemistry. So I took high school chemistry, got 99 on the regents exam. I'm like, where's my chemistry set? She's like, no, you need to take AP chemistry. So I took AP <laughs> chemistry. I got a five. I'm like, where's my chemistry set? I'm like, she's like, you know too much. You're too dangerous. So of course I went on and got a degree in physics and worked for the Department of Defense making weapons. So see, that's what happens if you promise your kid a chemistry set and you don't give them one. Right. Uh, so, and my dad was a former military who became a consultant. He was the first member of his family to go to college. So there was this drive to always learn and to better yourself along multiple parameters. So that is what I grew up with. I started college when I was 13 because my parents said 12 was too young. You know, I studied applied physics and um, uh, finance, communication. So I've got a very eclectic background to be able to draw from. I also was a martial artist, became a martial arts instructor. So mm -hmm. I had this coaching component that has always been part of who I am. So when I went into financial planning, I took a very educationally oriented approach and I was very quickly uh, working, developing other individuals. So I was recruiting, I was training, I was supervising, I was doing all this. And that evolved to me working not just with the individuals in my office, but working with individuals in multiple offices and multiple companies. And I was consulting to home offices. And so it just grew from that as a natural extension of these dual backgrounds that I inherited from my parents. Okay, excellent. Oh my goodness, yes. And so my next question, um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, right, right. It was a quote from your site that said, a look into the soul requires seeing more, seeing, seeing with, with more, more than, than eyes. eyes. Yes. yes. I like that quote. So go into that. Where did you get that from or what made you uh So that... that Hey, this is a quick ad to appeal to anybody who is looking to advertise on our podcast. It will play on as many podcast episodes as you would like. So it's up to you. In order to get details, visit us at our link tree at linktr ee forward slash research shows podcast and click on the link for advertising. Quote actually came about from something that I told a very beautiful woman who I told her also that half her beauty was inside and a few people got a chance to see it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, seeing with more than eyes means that you pay attention to things, for example, what doesn't occur. Like in The Hound of the Baskervilles, Sherlock Holmes notices that the dogs do not bark. And so it's the absence of information that right. gives you a clue there the spaces in music give it some of its beauty so being able to see that and knowing that you know uh communication 90 plus percent of communication is not the actual words mm -hmm. okay? i agree it is the cadence it's the tone it's the spaces it's the body language so yes. roughly seven ish percent is the actual words roughly a third is the non-word uh, oral components. 
Yes. Oh my goodness. Tone, things like that. And the balance of it, more than half is nonverbal cues that you can pick up. So seeing with more than your eyes means that you're paying attention with all the senses and being able to truly understand. And so that is one of the things that if you're working with a client or you're trying to be a good parent or leader to an organization, whether it's a commercial organization like your office or a volunteer organization like Cub Scouts or Girl Scouts or uh, anything else that's volunteer-oriented, being a great leader of yourself and other individuals means that you need to see with more than your eyes so that you can feel and guide and help them on an individual basis, be the best that they can be. And having great individuals who are focused on a larger mission that are working together and able to set aside their own egos is how you build great communities, churches, synagogues, uh, mosques, or, uh, you know, clubs, you know, Mm -hmm. neighborhoods, what have you. It comes about from that being able to go beyond just the surface that all too often we get caught up in. And I, I, what you said resonated with me in regards to uh, how communication works because I pick up on stuff that other people won't. Like, for example, I was watching this guy that's real controversial. His, his name is Kevin Stanley. I didn't understand what he was saying for at least a year. I, I had blocked it out because when women and men come on, he immediately starts insulting and cursing and I just blocked out anything, any valuable message he had. And I didn't even realize that I naturally did that. I just shut it out. And he he kind of changed to where I started listening. I'm like, oh, I see what he's saying. Right. And it was because of how he was coming across. He he came across his body language. You know, everything was just, yeah, just, it, it nasty. just didn't fit with you. And so you discounted him from the yeah, beginning. I did. I did. And un- unfortunately, we have this situation with too many people whenever we're crossing, you know, ethnic lines, racial lines, mm-hmm. um, religious lines, political lines. Mm-hmm. So people are not truly listening. They're not using their eyes and beyond. Yep. That is so true. <laughs> that is so true. Like people just, you say one trigger word, you just block them out. You know, it just, yep. they just block out everything. It's like, Oh my gosh, I don't care what side the aisle on you because I have clients on both sides, especially mm-hmm. in political. And I, it's like you can't penetrate. <laughs> right. So, see, I actually have a natural advantage because I'm Irish and nothing offends us. So, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, after my mom died of cancer, literally the next day, uh, we were cracking jokes, even though we were very heartbroken and you know yes. sorrowful. We love my mom and everything. But if we weren't cracking jokes, my mom would have been upset because that allows you to one deal with the dark, heavy emotions. I mean, it's one of the reasons why Shakespeare uh, inserted the uh, graveyard scene, you know, alas, poor York, I knew him well, you know, so there's a reason for that and great storytelling. uh, If you look at Duarte or you actually watch Martin Luther King Jr. The I have a dream or the iPhone launch, you know, they all use this, uh, vacillating type of emotions, positive and negative, dark and light, you know, going back and forth to allow the full power of it to come on out. And so as humans, we need to try and do this. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't even know why I got off on that tangent. I'm sorry, but <laughs> no, it's hopefully not, it not helps me. somebody. Look, you do not understand how much I be pulling teeth to get people to talk, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Look, go off to another direction. I'm cool with it. So we're gonna go to number six. My question. Um, it was a quote that really that stood out to me too. Values of hard work and love thy neighbor, but mind your own business. I say, if that don't sound like my father, <laughs> he said, we used to see people on the news. He'd be like, look at that lady. She just talks. She need to mind her own business. Just act like you didn't see nothing, you know? So, yep. <laughs> so I grew, grew up, up in a very well. rural, I grew up in a very rural community. So, I mean, I grew up on a farm and if you don't work, you don't eat. And I like to eat. So I worked, learned to work really hard. So, uh -huh. you know, you look out for your neighbors, you take care of them but you keep your nose out of their business. Yes, okay. Yes. Unless they're coming on over and causing problems for you, whatever they're doing, so be it. Okay. Yes. You know, you raise your kids, you teach your kids, you give your kids good values and model them. Okay. Right. Don't just tell them model the values so that they have an image of what a good parent, a good person is supposed to be. There's right. an old saying, you know, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. That's what it comes down to. So, I mean, I remember there were times when we had very little financially and my parents were like adopting kids through uh, the church for Christmas and taking care of other people and all this. And it was just what you did. Right. Right. So one of my friends actually made a comment that, you know, uh, that, talking to me is like, Joe, you could have not pot to piss in or, you know, you could have a million dollars and you're just the exactly the same person. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm horrible either way. And of course you laugh. <laughs> right. And there's some people who think that they could treat people nasty and then give money and then that still make you a good person. They actually believe that. No. I mean, money is an enhancer. It's just like alcohol or power. Mm -hmm. If you're an SOB and you're mm -hmm. suddenly elected to a high position or you suddenly have, you know, you're in command of a major company or whatever, you're going to be an SOB. Mm -hmm. But if you're a good human being, then being in a position like that where you win the lottery just allows you to be more of that. Right. Absolutely. That's true. Like when you see people that's famous and people be like, fame did that to them. I say, I know plenty of broke people that act the same way. Exactly. <laughs> it's just you don't know about them nearly as much because nobody pays attention to them. Absolutely. They're, they're not on, you know, TV or movies or radio or all over the internet or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. I always point that out. I'll be like, no, I've seen that. <laughs> that arrogance and that nastiness, you know, some it don't even matter where you're from. It's just that's just in some people. Yeah. And so <laughs> you know, we all uh Solzhenitsyn actually talked about this in uh the Gulag Archipelago. And you know, the line of evil runs through each one of us. We've got the dark wolf and the light wolf. We've got both these components, but we mm -hmm. can choose what to do about it. I mean, we've all got some voids in us that mm -hmm. we can work on to correct over time. And it's not going to be you take a pill and it's taken care of overnight. It's not going to be you go and have this surgery and all of a sudden you're perfect. These are slow things that you need to work on over time. And that's mm -hmm. what the book helps do is, you know, it's very difficult to work on the same thing every single day. And so by working on little different aspects over and over again, you end up eventually improving. And so Benjamin Franklin talked about this 250 years ago. He had mm -hmm. his 13 virtues and work on one virtue for a week, 
then move on to the next one, and cycle through. So throughout the entire year, he'd work on each one four different times. And he was not perfect, but he improved over time. And there's a reason why he's still considered one of the greatest leaders in United States history, even though he was never president. I mean, he's right. on the $100 bill, you know, but he was never president. So I think he did something, right? Right. You know, I never even thought about that. and I never thought about that. Many times I've seen a $100 bill. <laughs> I never even thought about that. <laughs> okay. So I want you to leave everybody with your dot coms or anything else. How will they be able to reach you? How can they purchase your book and anything like that? Go for it. So they can find the book on Amazon or they can ask at their local bookshops if they want to support their local uh, bookstores, which I highly encourage. They can also find me online. My Twitter handle and Facebook are at EDE with Joe. That's at EDE for Everyday Excellence with Joe. And our website is everyday-excellence. Dot com. That's everyday-excellence.com. And uh, on the website, as you were talking about, Dawn, uh, six times a week, I put up a microblog, a real quick hit to help people out. And so there's a continuous stream of new information there to help people become more excellent on a daily basis. Yeah, excellent. Because it made me feel good when I read it. I was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> and I did a good job. Thank you. You, you did. Just, you just made me smile. That so you did because it was it was it was straight to the point. I said you look. I said you were straight to the point, and I really liked that. So I want to thank you so much, Joe, for coming on my podcast. Dawn, it's been an absolute pleasure. Be excellent and grow today. Thank you. Okay, so anybody listening to this, you can catch this on YouTube, also on iHeartRadio at tinyurl forward slash dmsiheart, Apple Podcasts at tinyurl forward slash dmsapple1, and on Spotify at tinyurl forward slash dmspodcast. Please be sure to rate us and have a wonderful day on purpose. <laughs>